to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you are doing very, very well today. Not going to waste time, going to jump right into it. Very quickly though, have to acknowledge our newest patron over at Patreon, Emilio Escobedo, who you can find on Twitter at E-M-A-L-E-S-C-O. So that is at E-M-A-L-E-S-C-O. Emilio, thank you so much. If you would like to become a patron and help sponsor the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. So let me bring Andy on now. Obviously, we discussed the final match today, which is still hasn't really hit home yet. Uh, the the final match for Daniele De Rossi at Roma, and then we also discussed a little bit of the transfer market as Gianluca Petracchi, who recently handed in his resignation at Torino, is growing closer to officially becoming the newest uh, sporting director at Roma. And we talked a little bit about about the market, obviously a lot about Terossi, um, and just who we think could be the next captain at uh, Roma, whether it's somebody who has to be necessarily Roman, like Florenzi, or if it could be somebody else, like Manola. So we get into all of that. So let me, uh, let me stop talking. Bring Andy on now. All right, everybody, we are back. It is the penultimate match of Terossi at Roma. Andy, just it's it's hard to it's hard to give him the correct praise that he deserves. But what what do you what does this mean for you, knowing that this is the final time we'll see Dorossi at Roma? Well, uh, certainly I'm, I'm you know I'm uh, it's no secret I'm much younger than you are, John, and I mostly oh for fuck's sake, come on. <laughs> I'm not that much. I'm older. sorry, I'm sorry. I um, but you know to me to uh, to me and you know to many people from my generation, uh, you know the Rossi is one of those guys from the historical 2006 uh, World Championship team, and and. Uh, He's, he's the last one. He's the last man standing. Uh, he was the last man standing along with uh, Barzali and, and uh, uh, Zaccardo. Okay, well, I don't know if we can count him. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't count. And, and no. Buffon. And Buffon. And so this is the dying breed. And it's certainly, you know, it's seeing De Rossi was a certainty, right? You, you knew that you turn on a Roma game, there's De Rossi, either on the pitch or on the bench, uh, yelling and screaming and kicking and and then, uh, you know, doing all the things he did. And it's certainly a, a technical, it will be a certainly a technical, an important technical absence in, in the Roma midfield because as we, we spoke many times on this issue, uh, Roma without De Rossi don't function properly. It's, I'm, we're, and we're not saying that it, the, the whole Roma team is centered around De Rossi, but he plays a big part of it. It's like he's one of those core elements that will need a long time for the team to to sort of readjust. And um, and then there is the human aspect, and and this guy. You know, a lot of the, many times he he hasn't played his best games. He's had numerous games where, you know, either he, he committed some stupid foul or, or or just wasn't up to it and would you know give the ball away way too much. But 
he always gave a 100% effort. And that's something that Ranieri highlighted as well. He's one of those players that as a coach, you love to have because he's the last one to give up. Always there, you know, in the heat of the moment, good or bad. And that's not something we, we tend to see in today's world of football. Football has changed a lot, not only the way it's played, but just the attitude. The attitude of the players is not the same. And, you know, it, the, it's clear as day when you watch the, the national team of Italy and you compare it to the national team of 2006 and the previous ones where it wasn't just the quality of the players, it was the heart, it was the sort of the gritty mm-hmm. attitude, the, the pit bull instinct. And De Rossi has that. De Rossi embraces it. And as the age, uh, as he grew older, he grew also more intelligent as a football player. And it, it's it's just it's not going to be the same and it's going to be very, very hard to replace him. I think so too. And there was one thing that Ranieri said today that really, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. He said something and I, I, I apologize if I get what he said verbatim incorrect, but he said something to the effect of that he conveys or he has so much love for the shirt that he's able to convey his passion to everybody else on the pitch, whether it be for Roma or, or for the national team. And I, I think that's absolutely right. One of my favorite moments for Dedossi, without question, and, and I know this is going to be other people's favorite moment for, uh, for him as well, is when Luca Toni scores that goal against Inter. Right, and you see right. Gerossi hanging, hanging yes, on the crossbar, yes, yes. just hanging from it and celebrating like like just a kid, like a normal like a normal supporter would. That's not like that sort of celebration is not something uh, you expect from a professional. You know, usually we expect these guys after yes. they score, of course, yes. to celebrate, but they do so uh, in, in in a composed manner. They while they do show some emotion, or, or sometimes some emotion, they exaggerate, and it's it tends to be sort of yeah. over the top. And De Rossi was just genuine, mm. always genuine about about whatever you know, everything that came with Roma. It was always genuine to him. Yeah, and just the way he he celebrated there for me is without question my favorite moment of his and and frankly it doesn't even come close because I can still remember that goal so vividly today giving this just incredible pass for Tony who slots it past Julio Cesar and watching Dead Aussie just he, he doesn't go to celebrate with every, everybody else right. he hangs from right. the crossbar and it was just beautiful to watch and that's something I'm going to miss listen you and I have again we, we, there's no point just because this is the last one that we're going to see of him where where, there's no point in hiding it. We have been critical of him on this podcast for his performances. That doesn't mean we still can't celebrate him as a player. As I've always said, and I, I, I I think what he brings is beyond the physical capabilities beyond his performance. As you just said, I think he's such an important figure in the dressing room, on the pitch, what he conveys to the team, the sense of calmness, the sense of calmness when 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 things aren't going good, 
you look at Darossi, he's the point of reference. So I think that's what they're really going to miss. And I wanted to ask you this too. Um, for me, and I, I think you may agree, but maybe you don't, I thought one of the biggest issues with this Roma from this season was a lack of character and personality like Darossi has. They don't have that guy that has the leadership qualities that he does. And I think, again, beyond what he's able to do on the pitch, whether, I mean, we could talk about passing percentages, how good he is at recovering the ball. I mean, there's no point in even discussing that. I just feel like beyond everything else, that is the biggest thing that Roma are going to be missing with him gone. Because I look at this team as constructed, and obviously there's going to be some big, big changes in the summer. Everybody knows that. But I just look at the team as presently constructed, and I think to myself, my God, other than Darossi, I mean, who is the reference point in this team? Because I don't see one. Well, exactly. I, I don't think there are any reference points um, beside him. Uh, perhaps the closest one would be, if I had to say, would be Kolarov uh, because of the same sort of age, same attitude, uh, although, you know, manifested differently. Kolarov, for all his flaws and you know, as old as he is, he's still, he still he has that pit bull instinct in him. He, he is that sort of guy who, who will reprimand you if you're doing something wrong and will congratulate you if you're doing something right. And sort of, you know, you, the youngsters like Luca Pellegrini, when he was here, he was saying what a reference point he is. Um, but aside from that, you know, I, I think this is this is the biggest challenge and at the same time probably the most interesting uh factor going into this transfer market this summer transfer market because it's going to be an incredible challenge and i'm also interested and, and curious to see how the the players that will remain how will they step up and will they step up i'm talking about players that are very likely to sort of remain here for a longer period of time um reports like today about Pellegrini uh, probably, you know, wanting to stay here a lot longer and not exercising his release clause. Uh, that's, I, I want players like him to step up. I want to see Florenzi really take over and sort of, because, you know, let's face it. I mean, it was cute when he hugged his grandmother and it was all that. It was very sweet, but you know, I'm, and I'm not, I loved it. I, I loved it. I, I love that moment. But it, it, there comes a point where Totti's gone, De Rossi's gone, and there are expectations. And and I think De Rossi, Florenzi is capable of that. Um, for all the terrible things he's done this season, uh, player-wise, uh, on the pitch, all the mistakes, I think he still uh, sort of can have a presence in the locker room if, if he decides to. And uh, it's up to him. It's up to Pellegrini. It's up to El Sharawi if, if El Sharawi stays. So this is a big responsibility. And it's also up to the, the coach that comes in next and sort of fills in that void, right? Because as, as Ranieri has said many times, the Rossi is like an assistant on the pitch. Now, how, how do you replace that? How do you replace that instinct of of a player who tactically is amazing? Because mm. I think Totti had more of a of a vision, I don't know how to say it, as a, of a more talent, 
talent pure instinct when it came to football while De Rossi mm-hmm. who seriously had a so, sort of an intelligence to it uh, and and you know it's not it's mm. it, the, the answer is right there De Rossi wants to become a manager um, meanwhile Totti never really aspired to be a, a manager because that's not that wasn't his role in the team he was just this incredible magician while De Rossi is more of a professor and 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 that's the that's the role that is I think Roma will struggle to cover because a coach always needs that one player that sort of addresses the locker room but it also addresses the pitch and now it's the time to sort of see look around and see who can be that guy. Yeah, I mean for me the biggest test of character is when things aren't going well how you handle how you address the situation do you remain calm and i just look again at the current setup that roma have and i don't see anybody with just those leadership qualities i mean before they banned doing this i think i think we're going on almost three three years now where they call it sotto la curva calling the players underneath the curva sud the uh, you know they don't do that anymore at the olympico but yeah yeah I mean, Terassi was always the one. And the, the one I remember so, so vividly because I was there was the Europa League against Fiorentina. When was that? 2014, 2015? When, when Roma were knocked out. I mean, supporters were pissed. They wanted, they, 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 they wanted, the, they wanted somebody to answer for this. And sure enough, uh, Terassi was the first one to go and address them. And... There's not a, there's not a single player in this team as currently yeah, set don't. up that I could see no. handling a situation like this. Now again, I I think calling the players under the curve has always been sort of a it doesn't really accomplish much. Um, it's a tireless exercise, but I still think it shows the character to when Dadosi. You had a lot of the other players willing to hide in the dressing room. You have Tarasi who just comes up there, goes without any problem. He lets them air their grievances, uh, and they move on. To me, I, I, I mean, we talked. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I mean, last, I think the last time we saw it, and it was very surprising, was uh, at um, in the Czech Republic at Pilsen. Remember? Oh, Not yeah, so you're right. When we, when we, uh, what was it? We drew, no, we lost that game. And, and Manolas uh, was the man with the armband. And he went there, he, only player who went there and sort of stood in front of the, the, the curva of, of the, of the fan, traveling fans and, 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 and sort of took it all in. But aside from that, you're right. It, it, it's, this team lacks that, um, no, I think because Florenzi seems like a guy who takes all these things personally, uh, and and you know that's good on him. He's an emotional guy, but that's that's what made the difference in De Rossi is that De Rossi, unlike Nainggolan, for example, who used to get pissed off at the fans or sort of at the journalists, De Rossi sort of knew how to take it all in, brush it off, move on. I agree. I don't see Florenzi, and I, I mean, I've met him. I, I, don't, I don't know if sort of like the alpha is the, is the way I would describe him. I don't know if those are things that you can learn over time. I mean, I don't, what is he, 27, 28 now, or is he older? 
think he's 27. No, he's, he's 20, 27, 20, 27, yeah. I mean, this probably the same age as El Sharawi. Oh, he's 20. Okay, so he's 28. I just had our statistics department look it up. Oh, so thank great. you to you guys. Um, 28, I don't know if those are the sort of things that you can learn. Uh, are, are, are you born with that or do you learn that? Because, I mean, he's been in the team for a long time now. I mean, it seems like ages ago. But, it, I mean, Zeman was the one who brought him into the team. That was 2012, 2013. Uh, he's been uh, – he's been a, a, a six constant. Yeah. I, I mean, he's been a constant in the side, whether it's been in the midfield, attack, defense. And I just haven't seen that from him. So I guess that goes to the next logical question. Who would you appoint captain? Is it Florenzi? Well, uh, you know, this is this is Roma, so it's without a doubt uh, Florenzi. <laughs> yeah, well, um, right, right. I, I mean, you know, we can debate it all we want, but like it or not, unless he is sold, Florenzi is the captain. And, you know, depending on who's sold next, I think the captaincy would probably then go to a guy like uh, if, I think I think like a guy like Fazio, and after a guy like Fazio, then it's El Sharawi, and after El Sharawi, it's probably Pellegrini, and so on. But so far, it's it's Florenzi, and I think I think the the, the challenge for Roma is because we all know what you know this transfer market is going to be held. Roma will need to make. We know we don't we know people don't like this world, but. Roma will need to make plus Valenza. Um, right. They will need to make a lot of plus Valenza in a short period of time, and and so they will have to offload some players. Now, and and the budget, you know, as Roma is not going to be immense. So the the question is now: Will Roma be able to find? You know, I'm not saying fantastic signings, but signings of experienced players who also have that character. Um, and one of those names, uh, which has circulated a lot of times around Roma, and especially in the 16-17 season under Spalletti, when the Rossi went down and we had nobody uh, in that defensive midfielder role, one of those names was Rincon. Rincon was very close to joining Roma. Uh, in that, and then he goes to Juve for six w- months. <laughs> right, and we then just it, though and leaves. Right, uh, goes to the Champions League final and then leaves to Torino. And but he was very close, and he had agreed uh, with terms and with Roma, and and um, and that's one of those players that you know he's a decent signing, sort of not an excellent player. Uh, just a no, good... you, you're not signing him because of his ability. No way. No, you're no, signing no. him because of I mean, Ex- I, I, I mean, come I'm, on, I'm, he's got Le Pale, that, that's uh, the he's sort got of the attitude. Profile. That's why right, he's signing. Right, that's the sort of problem. They, a player, I mean, his name, they, the, his nickname is El General, uh, the general, and he's sort of again one of the a pitbull character, and um, which doesn't necessarily equate quality, but it is a quality mentally, a mental quality that you need in this locker room. So. The question, now the challenge up to the sporting director, whoever may, may that be, uh, is to find those role players that can sort of bring and fill in those gaps, uh, sort of repra- replacing the void left by the veterans that will probably move on from Roma. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of, and obviously Petraki just came out about an hour ago and he said something to the effect of I still haven't decided He's 
whatever. If, if you take seriously what anybody says in public now in football, I, I right. Re remember what Monchi was saying before he joined Roma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you're gravely mistaken. Petraki has been working for Roma for three weeks now, so he's coming. I something. I I don't know. Maybe an asteroid would have to hit him while he was in his car for him not to come. I think one of the other names that we're really going to see, because now you're obviously going to have the links to a lot of Torino players, Itzo is one of those other names that I really, really want. I I want him at Roma so, so bad. I think he would be the perfect replacement for either Manolas, Fazio, Juan Jesus, whoever. Somebody's going to leave. As you mentioned, right. the Plus Valenza, um, good friend Sandro Austini, Um said yesterday right around 50 right. million euros it's actually a little more than that so i think uh with manolas having that release clause 36 million euros he I, I mean he's been here since the 2014 2015 season he originally signed a five-year contract so his entire contract is already amortized so whatever he sold for is all plus valenza to me, he's one of those that almost certainly leaves, but there's been some reports that maybe he wants to remain. But I'm curious because it, we're, we're bringing up the summer now. Given that we know what Roma are looking at in terms of what they have to make on the market, for me, I think Manolas is one of the names. I, I, I think Under is certainly another one of the names. I don't think beyond, I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as some think. But I also think on the flip side, we've had supporters for the last, whatever, five summers complain about who Roma have sold. I apologize, but you're in for a rude awakening this summer, I think. Who would you sell, Andy? Who would I sell? Well, <laughs> I know you're saying Jekyll, um, so we can put him yeah, up there, yes. too. We can put him up up there on the shelf, real nice uh, nice package, uh, <laughs> deliver, delivered straight to, I don't know whose mail. Um, and then, you know, now it's puzzling because reports, as you said, say that Manolas is sort of uncertain. There is, uh, he likes living in Rome. His family is settled in there, so... I, I don't know, but that's certainly one of the few players. I mean, Roma need to make that sort of money. So either you're able to offload dead weight like Pastore, like uh, Juan Jesus, uh, Santon, whatever, um, or or you need to sell these big pieces. And, you know, Roma can't do anything about it. It's not like Palotta likes it. And it's it's just a, a, process, a part of the process, unfortunately. Um Manolas would certainly be up there because I now I don't want to get stick for it, but I'm gonna get stick for it because I think Manolas is good, but he will always be the same player. And uh, he had a poor also, season. Yeah, I, I mean, I, right. I thought he was very poor this year. I think I think in the last three years he's only had one good season. It was the one last year. Um, that was the really good season I thought from Manolas. Um, and besides that, he's he's just still a player who makes the same mistakes. Um, he's very fast, and that's a big quality of his. But that's also a big flaw because he relies on that quickness too much, and oftentimes makes the mistakes because he thinks he will catch up, and right. sometimes he just cannot. 
And a lot of times he's bullied uh, physically by players that are not afraid of, of sort of contact, players like Duvan Zapata, oh, many, Zapata how many times. Haunted him forever. How many times have we seen him get bullied by Zapata? And it's and it's um so I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying that it would be a loss, but uh, if you look around, if you watch enough sort of football from from certain leagues, you can really find interesting defenders, prospects, younger defenders that really can reach that level in 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 very short amount of time. Now the trick is to find the right defenders, not the likes of Pianda, who then need five years to accommodate to a Primavera team. You know, um, so Manolas is up there. Then you know, obviously the deadweight. I, I want to get rid of Perotti. I want to get rid of Pastore um, after the seasons they had, but. From Perotti's words uh, in the, la- the last interview, it seems like he's one of those players that will remain for another year, maybe, you know, to be one of those experienced ones, one of those players that, I mean, the guy for Christ's sakes has a, a Roma tattoo on his arm, I think, of the Colosseum or something. So he's certainly one of those players that can have the, you know, the green tie and the fans love him because he's, you know, he's Diego, Diego. And, um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, this team, besides Zaniolo and Manolas, who does this team have that can they can sort of profit from? I don't know. I mean, certainly after a season like this and the uncertainty of who the next coach will be, Zonzi must be in question because if a guy like Gasperin comes in, I don't think Zonzi can can fit in um, and no, sort of he play fit the his way football at all. Exactly. So it must be another guy on on the block. And that's about it, because I don't want to see El Sharawi gone. Obviously, it has to also depend on his will and Roma's will to sort of see what the contract extension will be like. So it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think one of the players that we have to at least watch is Under. Right, right. Oh, and 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 Schick. Schick has to be in question. Schick has to be in question. Well, I I think he has to be in question simply because of the the way that entire operation was structured. No. Right, right, right. You know, Roma just um, I, they took an enormous gamble. I don't think people realize what a gamble Roma took, and and um, and it's it hasn't paid off so far, and it, it's 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 a very r- risky deal. Um, but, but man, it's, I, I want to believe in that kid, but there is just no certainty related to him. And, and Ranieri also today conf- said that he believes in him and, and, uh, some players, you know, sort of grow a little longer. It takes them to sort of become, take the next step, but he's, he's awfully slow at taking that next step. And I just don't know how, he, how he can, or if he can take that next step in the same environment, I think a change uh, alone somewhere, um, especially in a, in, a, in a league like the Bundesliga, I think he would really benefit in a, in a, in a league like Bundesliga. There's been some interest from German teams uh, uh, for, for him, like Leipzig, uh, Red Bull Leipzig liked him. And, and so I, I just, I think that may be a, a good choice for him. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's very telling that Ranieri went out of his way to praise Schick when he initially arrived. But I mean, 
I can't even tell you the last appearance he made, especially from the start. I mean, it's been well over a month, I think. Right. After the, I, I think the, after the first three games under Ranieri, he sort of went back to the bench. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it's difficult to... It's difficult to see where anybody would be willing to pay what uh, Roma paid for him. I mean, they're certainly going to have to worry about a loss, um, which is obviously something in a summer where they need to make plus Valenza. That, that, that's, nothing that, <laughs> that's nothing that they could afford. Now, again, for me, as I said, I think Under is the one to watch. Last summer, he switched agents from uh, Uzun to Falid Ramadani, who is one of the most renowned agents in all of world football. He's a super agent. He's right up there with the names like Mino Raiola. So, obviously, he hired him to <laughs> to at least set up. Hey, isn't he Sari's agent? Maybe something can be done about it. Maybe Under in exchange for Sari. No, they also have the market mm. blocked. Well, uh, huh, we'll ask. I'll let you know what he says. Um, but but seriously, uh, Under did this to either get a big contract renewal, which Roma are either going to have to give him a big renewal or they're going to have to sell right. him. They will make a profit on him, in my opinion. It's just a matter of how big that would be. But uh, we had Under's old agent, Uzun, on the podcast like a year and a half ago, well in advance of him making this change in agents. Um, and they were very, very close. So I think without question, the fact that he did that is to set up a big, big move. Now, speaking of renewals, the news came out today that Nicolo Zaniolo asking for 3 million euros. Listen, whether or not this is true, this came from Sky Sport. Remains to be seen. Now, I know his agent really, really well. Vigorelli, he was the agent of uh, Davide Estori. He's the agent of Davide Santon as well. He's a very, very pragmatic guy. He's not, he he doesn't have this personality like uh, Raiola does. You know, one of these guys, so you can just see they'll pound on the table and say, uh, give me what I want. Not him at all. In fact, a very, very, (laughs) very, very sweet guy. He's actually very, very nice. Um, so I, I just I, I can't see him getting three million net euros. I mean that would make him the fourth highest paid player at Roma. Um, and Zonzi, Pastore, Jeco would be in front of him. So he would be four. I mean, would you pay him that sort of money? I I can't see why he's asking it. I can't see why because he's looking around. And he's saying, "Jesus, look at Juan Jesus making two point two million euros." Mm. I mean, look at look right. at Perotti making three million, three close to three million euros, and he's just sitting on the bench, hurt all the time. Look at Pastore. Uh, I mean, what does a guy and who gave all of these that's contracts? The that, that's the problem. It's not the problem yeah. is not Zaniolo asking that money. Because Zaniolo is in his right to ask that money when, you know, with with the money he's making now and all the sort of press attention and, and, you know, the awards he's been getting, best young player in Serie A. And uh, the the season, like it or not, the season he's had as a surprise uh, uh, for this club, 
he's he he's in his right just as El Sharawi is in his right to ask for that kind of money. The problem is not them asking that money. It's it's Roma building sort of this big giant pile of of crappy contracts and and it's Roma's fault. It's Roma's fault because no one forced them to do th- these moves and and you know we we like Nzonzi but the problem is that Nzonzi wasn't a planned purchase. So Nzonzi's contract wasn't a planned contract. The plan was to get Malcolm and then suddenly when Malcolm was off the table then we went for Nzonzi and offered him this huge contract. Um, certainly didn't live up to the expectations. So, you know, it's a big risk. But at the end of the day, Z- Zaniolo has undeniably a huge potential. And Roma don't, really don't stumble that often on those on those gems, like those gems that from a Primavera or, you know, somebody's youth club from uh, another league or something. They don't really have that. And one of the few good moves uh, from Monchi was to get uh, uh, Under and, and Zaniolo. And listen, if if we have to rebuild from some players in this team, I like them. I like them. I'm, I wouldn't be sorry seeing them go, but at the same time, I can see why they want more money. Yeah, so when when I when we published that story this morning, I mean, I I was very surprised to see the amount of people who said sell him if that's what he's asking for. But listen, as you just alluded to, and I'm glad you brought it up because it is a good point. If we let's just go down the Roma's wage bill real quick. So Jekyll is at four and a half million euros. Monchi did not give him that contract. That was Sabatini. Can you also, yeah? Can we also read the statistics for Jekyll? He's got pretty sure with the amount of time he's, he's played, that contract is not deserved at all. Well, I, I mean, let's if we look at some of the contracts, especially the ones Monchi handed out, it is it is a big big problem. So the the highest earner at Roma, Jekyll at four and a half. Pastore, 3.5. Inzonzi, 3.1. Uh, De Rossi, 3. Florenzi, 2.8. Perotti, 2.8. Manolas, 2.7. Fazio, 2.5. Schick, 2.5. Juan Jesus, 2.2. El Shadawi and Kolarov are each at 2. Lorenzo Pellegrini and Cliver at 1.8. Karsdorp, Marcano at 1.5. Cristante, 1.4. So if you're Zaniolo, I mean, you see what Patrick Schick is making, and you say to yourself, well, Schick is at 2.5, Juan Jesus at 2.2, Perotti 2.8, Florenzi 2.8. I mean, there's no question that he's better than all of those guys. There's no question. Right, right. And then then there is the other thing. Other teams want him. There is... is Tottenham knocking on the door. There's certainly interest from Juve. So the question is, you know, are Roma willing to give him that? Because if not, then he's he's not going to feel sorry. He's just going to say, fuck it. I'm moving to uh, uh, some other big club and I'm getting that money. And, and that's his right. And it's the hypocrisy of these people, man, who two months ago or three months ago, they were all all hailing him as the next Totti and oh, Zaniolo, the next legend of the club, the Roma way, you know, the new bandiera, blah, blah, blah. And then look at the reactions now. The reactions now are, fuck him, let's move on, he's not worth it. 
guys, it's, uh, you know, we have to uh, sort of be consistent with it. That's the problem of the fan base and that's the problem of the club. So the club needs to be consistent with the wages. And according to the wages right now, Zaniolo fully deserves that money. Yeah. And I think, again, this is this is an opportunity for Roma to and in the past they have not done this behave and act like a big club. You come out and you say, this guy is not for sale. He's remaining here. We're going to build the team around him. And that's that. You hand him the renewal. I don't care right. if he's asking for three. I don't care if he's asking for what Jack right. earns at four and a half. Um, remember remember Benatia? Benatia, exactly the same situation. Benatia wanted more, more, more money. Roma said no. Benatia went off. And got that money. Exactly. So this is a problem that Roma have had in the past, and they're going to continue to have it until they start fixing it. When you have an important piece, you lock them down, act like a big club, tie him down. I don't think we're going to have issues for the renewal, but would it surprise me if they ended up selling him because he was asking for higher wages? Absolutely not. But it shouldn't come to that. It should absolutely not get to that point. And I agree with you about the hypocrisy. Listen, if you're willing to anoint somebody so fast, uh, the next whatever, if you're not willing to pay him like the next whatever, then you are your own worst enemy. So it has to be one or the other. For me, I th- right, right, right. For me, I think it would be absolutely absurd for Roma to even consider selling Zaniolo. Because again, you're going to sell at least two cornerstones of the team right now. What are you going to do? Start from nothing? Do you want to sell Zaniolo too with Under, Manolas, Kolarov, Jekyll? I mean, do you want uh, do you want to blow this thing? Do you want to have nothing at all? I mean, for me, you need at least some building blocks to build this team up. I think we all agree that this team has a lot of flaws in it. Nobody is denying that. I mean, if you look at the wage bill, I mean, my goodness, the fact that Florenzi and Perotti are stealing 2.8 million euros per season is a problem. But when you have somebody like Zaniolo who goes out there and proves himself, and yes, he has been very, very poor lately, particularly under Ranieri, but you are crazy if you think he did not show enough to at least hand him an important renewal. Um, then I, I don't know what to tell you because listen, right. this team, again, needs to start acting like a big club. Right. And, and do, we, do we remember that, that, uh, that our most talented and probably the, the most beloved players like Totti and De Rossi, how many times they, they went about asking for their money? It's... It wasn't something that, you know, uh, it's not something new. This is not Zaniolo making sort of a, a weird, out-of-place request. It's it's simply uh, Zaniolo asking for what he fully deserves. Um, I remember Totti asking for money when there was, you know, the move, the potential move to, to, to Real Madrid. There was the potential move uh, to Milan. Um, then and and he asked for more money. He got it. Uh, same for De Rossi. De Rossi was having a great spell at Roma, and then more teams came knocking at his door. Manchester and what City. Do? Roma made him the highest paid player in all of Serie A, six and a half million right. euros. 
Yes. And and what age? Remember, I mean, this is, you know, like it or not, De Rossi has been one of the highest paid players in the league, even though he's been in a decline. That's fine. But that means that everything comes at a price. And, and now it's up to the club to say, listen, we are willing to sort of invest in this guy. And we want to believe because I don't think, you know, I don't think Zaniolo wants to leave. I think he would not have a big problem with it. But if you're willing to to give him that money, you're you're making sort of a bet and, and you're sort of securing something in this team. You're sort of saying, okay, I'm counting on this particular talent. Roma need to do more of that. And and so so it's it's just a reasonable situation and it's normal. It's normal. It is normal, but here's the thing. That's what big clubs do. Even when players are in decline, and this isn't even in regards to De Rossi, when big players are in decline, they still pay them. Um especially when they're important, regardless as to whether or not they're performing. If you are an important player to the team, even if you are slightly on the decline, big clubs pay their players. I mean, if we, I have Juve's wage bill pulled up right now. Juan Cuadrado. Hey, Manzukic. Manzukic. Yeah, four million euros. Juan Cuadrado, four million euros. See? Uh, Bazayi, for this season, Andrea Bazayi, three million euros. The guy is a walking corpse. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come yes. on. So if you're going to complain about three million euros for Nicolo Zaniolo, I I just think you are not in touch with reality, and maybe this has a lot to do with Roma pounding it and pounding it into people's heads that um, we're we're not in Manchester United, we're not Real Madrid, we can't afford this, we have to watch our expenses. That's absolutely fine. It's it's right to be conservative. I mean, Roma, we're just in financial fair play. But, I mean, come on. If you're going to complain about a player, an important player, asking for big wages, I, I don't care if he only performed for two or three months. Anybody with a working set of eyes can see that this kid, this guy, is going to be very, very important for Roma moving forward. If you're not willing to pay him like that, then... Again, I, I, I'm not sure what else I could tell you or what else I could say to change your mind. Again, the Roma have a lot to do with this. They have pounded it into people's heads that we had to be conservative with our finances. I understand that. But, I mean, my goodness, if if Roma aren't willing to build with a very, very talented 19-year-old, then I seriously have to question the future of this club because it's like, well, then what what else are you looking for? I mean, it's always been about acquiring young talent. You have young talent. Pay them. Right. And it's for the first time in a while, it's young talent that is actually contributing to the team. Right away. Yep. Like it or not, I mean, look at the statistics. Zaniolo came on as his first sort of a bench warmer. Then he was the guy who was getting the final five to seven minutes. And then suddenly he started getting regular starting time. And yes, he's been on a decline under Ranieri performance-wise, but he's nothing short of an athletic freak. He's a very, very capable and skillful player. Um, Has amazing qualities going forward. It can can still learn things about sort of uh, defending and, 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 and sort of staying with his opponent, but that's normal. And... We always say we want to be like Juventus, but 
I mean, look at the, the trust Juventus are putting in Moise Keane. Uh, just look at them. And so we always, you know, Roma fans and, and obviously and the club uh, as well is is has the sort of mentality that, ah, look at the neighbor's garden. Look at that, those pretty tomatoes and look at those pretty carrots. And then they don't they don't realize that they have those same ingredients in their own damn garden. And it all it takes is to water it and to keep it nice and warm with some sun. And, and, and you know, you have something from that. And yes, it, you need to take that risk. You need to take that risk. Yeah, I agree. Great analogy, by the way. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, again, I mean, just to wrap this part up, I I mean, it's always been about finding young talent, cultivating young talent. And here you have a young talent who is going to be very important, not only for your club, but for the country. You absolutely have to make sure you keep him in your grasp as long as possible. So if that means he earns 3 million euros, I, I don't know why anybody would have a problem with that. But real quickly, before we end it here, uh, we brought up Gasparini on the last podcast, and we've been seeing a lot more Gasparini growing closer to Roma, Milan may be interested, but as of right now, it looks like Gasparini is the favorite. So very quickly... How do you think, because we all know how they play. Um, we all know how Gasparini's sides play. It's the 3-4-3, it's the 3-4-2-1, 3-4-1-2, whatever it may be. He has variations, the very high pressing, uh, pedal to the metal. They go all out. Um, do you think Roma is set up for that? Because for me, um, if they were to bring in Sarri, I think they would at least be more equipped to not uh, to play his sort of football sooner. Whereas Gasparini, I feel like they would need to have a big, big, big transfer market in terms of player trading. Yes, and and this is what I said from the start when the when the name of Gasparini came out is that I like him. I like him. I don't like him as much as I like the name of Sarri. But with with Gasparini, it's a long term thing. If Roma sign on Gasparini, it's not because they want to do something this season it's it's because they want to do something in the long run um because what, what Gasparini has achieved at Atlanta has taken a long time and I don't think as you said Roma right now are equipped for a Gasparini sort of uh, mentality and game plan um obviously there's going to be a major overhaul you know whatever that means but it's still going to happen the only sort of big big thing about Gasparini is that he makes even the the sort of least relevant players uh, useful. Useful. He makes everyone useful. It doesn't matter if you're the guy that comes on for the last five minutes. Um, it, it's, it has some sort of similarities to the Ajax team that we've seen this this uh, this year. Meaning, every player sort of that, that comes in and, and substitutes the other player. Is still going to fill in that that void and 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 sort of recreate what the other play player has left. So that's one of his big qualities. Meaning that even if players like I don't know Juan Jesus stay behind, you can still sort of rely on those players. He can still make them shape them into into something. And if you're a club like Roma, you have you know limited 
financial stuff and, and you, you really are not up to spending a lot on the transfer market, that's probably the, the, the coach you like the most. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's very few players who are at Roma right now who are set up to play the way Gasparini likes. I could easily see El Shadawi Zaniolo doing well. Obviously, Cristante is another one. I can see Luca Pellegrini. I can see Luca Pellegrini. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, because Kolarov does not in any way fit Gasparini's okay. idea. Well, he can play that if he if he can play that uh, sort of center back left back role, sort of the three and a half defense. He can do that. On sure. Like Manchester City. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Hey, he can't play on the band with with Atalanta, or I'm sorry, with with Gasparini. Right. Um, no way. But I, I would be curious to see because again, I I, I do agree that uh, Sarri is the is the better name. He's the one that I want. Uh, but I, just from a pure visual standpoint, I would be interested to see how names like that do at Roma with Gasparini at the helm. I mean, Dzeko, long gone. He doesn't fit. And Zonzi doesn't fit. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, I, I don't know how he would really fit. I don't... You know who would really fit? You know who would really fit? Cristante. <laughs> yeah, Cristante would. Um, I would assume he would put him again in that more advanced role. But it, it, it would be interesting to see. Um, but I, I, I am very curious to see how things end up with Sarri because I don't know about you. I just cannot see him at Juve regardless of what everybody is saying i just don't see him at juve do you i i don't know i don't know man it seems like nobody knows anything about this coaching situation at juve i think uh, all the names that have been thrown out there may be some truth to them i i think i think from the what i've heard and what we've heard from those coaches and the profile the ambition i think the closest to juve would be po- Pochettino. I think that is the profile they would be going for because that is an international coach with huge potential um, who's managed to coach a a club who hasn't that hasn't spent any any money in the transfer market in the summer transfer market uh, managed to coach this club coach this team right into the Champions League final Um, obviously hasn't won many trophies at Tottenham, uh, but but at the same time, I think that's the profile that fits, fits the most, and um, I just don't think that Sarri would be willing. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I have a hard time believing Sarri would be willing to sort of go back to Juve uh, out of all the teams uh, after his past at Napoli as a fearless opponent of that team. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I just... His personality, his—I mean, we all know he's a very out, outspoken guy. Some of the things he said to Mancini, um, I, I just—I I don't see his personality really fitting in there. I just feel like Juve are so uh, low key, low key. They're up. low key. They're—they're they're, yeah, they're corporate. They don't really like their 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 managers to be characters. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Um, meanwhile, you have Sarri wearing trainers. He doesn't wear a suit. He's smoking a pack of uh, reds on the sideline. 
I just don't see him being in that culture. But I could be wrong. But I, I would undoubtedly, unequivocally like to see him at Roma more than anybody else. And I, I do think that, especially if they lose in the Europa League, I, I think he's gone, don't you? Yeah. It just seems like that was never No, no, it, it, was, it, it seemed like a very rushed decision. I mean, we remember... That whole thing with the, the, the Napoli, I, I think signed Ancelotti, but but Sarri was still on their payroll. Like Sarri hadn't officially gone away and was in between talks, and and it, it was just I think as much as he says he likes that English football, I just don't think he is that guy. Uh, I think he has the talent, he has the skill. It's just that character wise. Uh, and just his attitude, his footballing attitude, his, his personality is not fit for that world. He's he's the guy that you see in Italy. He's that sort of character that you can make fun on whenever you turn on the TV. You can sort of laugh. Oh, look at him pulling out a cigarette and sticking it in his mouth because the team is losing or having a fit on, on the sidelines. Sort of like he's, you know, he's just a character like Spalletti. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he's like. I mean, I feel like everybody has somebody in their family who is like Sarri. Just a, he says whatever he wants. He's just he doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> right, right. To the to the to the point that it's it's sometimes can seem unhealthy and sort of out of place. But that's he has that old school mentality, and I think in the in the um, in the Premier League you just can't have that. And 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 it's uh, the Premier League is very rough. Just the personalities of the players are there. They just don't. They don't like that. I don't want to say prima donnas, but you look at that whole Chelsea locker room. That's not a, a sort of personality locker room, locker room that you find in Italy. In Italy, players are used to coaches being assholes. Players are used to coaches sort of being being mad at them all the time, or you know, reprimanding them. And in the Premier League, they just don't. And I think that's why a character like Gattuso couldn't handle a single day in, in the Premier League. And that's why Sarri has struggled. And I also think if he fails this this final, he's gone. Yeah, I think so too. All right, so we will end this here. We will be back after the final match day to take stock on this entire season, which. In in a way, it's hard to believe that it's the last match day, but in another way, it's like it feels as if it took a very very long time to get here. I mean, right? We are exhausted. We're done. We're, very, we should go very exhausted. I feel like it was just last weekend that we were watching Bologna beat Roma two zero. Right. Fantastic. What was without question for me one of the most ugly matches to watch i think of the of the recent aroma in a long long time so we'll yes. we'll after uh after the match against parma we'll, we'll... Just, before the, just before we wrap up just let's make this last game about the rossi yes. not about lotta or whatever agendas you want to put out there i understand let's make it about the rossi and celebrate his legacy at roma Without question, I couldn't have said it better myself. And that is what I really, really hope. I, I understand people are mad at Palotta. I understand people are mad at Baldini. I understand people are mad at Baldissone, Fianga, whoever. You know, let's let's take a breath. Roma, if we're honest, they're really not fighting for anything. Um, some sort of miracle would have to happen for the Champions League. So let's just, 
let's take a deep breath. We'll take a step back. I understand. No, listen, nobody is happy with the way this season has went. Nobody. Nobody. No no, no player, no supporter, no director, no president. Nobody. So we're, we're all on the same page with this. We really are. There's nobody who, who, who thought this was successful. But, yeah, as you said, I, I hope we can just put that aside. Let's celebrate, celebrate that Aussie. Great player, great person, uh, great bandiera. So let's enjoy. We'll take it in, and then we will. I, I will let whoever wants to come on. We will let everybody air their grievances. We'll do a WhatsApp group. That's what I'm thinking. We'll do for the next episode to take stock of the season, just to get everybody's input. And then you we're gonna everybody... do group therapy, and it's gonna be fine. Yes. Well, listen. If this was the worst Roma season that you've been a part of, I just thank. Just thank God if that's the case. God, thank Allah, God. whoever. If, if you're, God you haven't if, seen Galneri. Thank God. Yes. So if you're not religious, I don't know. Thank your, your, your Nona or something. I don't know. But yes, listen. It was a very, very unpleasant season. But it's not that bad. We will get through it. Hopefully, once the season ends, we can do some sort of cathartic group therapy episode and we will let everybody come to the table you can yell about whatever you want to yell about you can curse out whoever you want to curse out that's fine but let's hold off on that because as andy said i couldn't have said it better myself let's celebrate that aussie and let's let's just put all of our grievances in the bag throw it away for the time being and then we'll be able to regurgitate everything all the anger we feel in another week but this weekend is not the time to do it, so everybody just stay calm. Again, if this was the worst Roma season you've endured, you should consider yourself lucky. <laughs> We've had much, much worse, so we will be back. We'll be back following the match against Parma. We will be back to discuss the final match at the Rossi, and again, we will, we will have a group therapy session following the final match of the season. So as always, thank you for listening. We'll be back, and until next time, ciao.